0: Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. It's great to see faces out there this morning, and uh, we're delighted that you could be with us. Uh, we do pray that that uh, it'll be a blessed time. Uh, it's wonderful to be in the communion service and and uh, and have a time to remember the Lord Jesus, His work on the cross of Calvary, and uh, the second Sunday of each month, we always do uh, have the, the communion, Lord's Supper. Uh, so we're delighted to have some faces out there this week uh, and glad that you could make it. Sorry that your, your mask, you look like a bunch of robbers out there, but we know better. <laughs> so well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you, God, for your mercies to us. For the grace that we have found in our Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. Lord, we're mindful that it is in the righteousness of Jesus Christ that we're able to be before you, we're able to have uh, communion with you and fellowship with you, and even able, Lord God, to call you our Heavenly Father and to make appeal this morning for the depths of our need as your children Uh, for your hand of mercy to be about us as your people. And we ask, Lord God, that you would be pleased this morning to cause us to uh, walk before you in a pleasing manner. Uh, So we pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us in regard to the truth in the words that you have spoken in the Scripture. For our lives that we might please you and honor the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I know that the the fellowship and the love for one another that this church body has uh, for the body of Christ, for one another, and and how they long uh, to gather and to be here together. And uh, Lord, for those that are home and during this this very uh, odd and difficult time, uh, we pray For the blessing and communion of your spirit, the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ amongst your people, uh, that we might fellowship with one another and fellowship with you, Lord, as we worship together here today. And God, give us in our hearts, in the inner person, that attitude of respect for you, for you are glorious and majestic and worthy of all praise and honor and glory. And it is for the name of Jesus and in the name of Jesus that we pray this morning and ask these things. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us. Uh, did have a, a, a little bit of a message for you this morning. Um, and uh, so the message is, is to long for life. And when I speak the, the the term life here, I'm speaking of the eternal life that Jesus Christ has given to us. And I wanted to take as a passage for this morning, 1 uh, Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 5 and verses 1 through 4. But I, I did want to share with you, it is Mother's Day, and this is my, uh, my mother here. Um, that's... Uh, uh, Arlene Shepherd Davis. Uh, she was a wonderful mom. Uh, she's gone to be with the Lord. And I was thinking about her this morning and, and a, a number of times this week. Uh, but the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4, and this is basically the context of our passage uh, that the Apostle Paul is speaking to the believers there in saying that, that we put our Selves sacrificially to death that the life of Jesus is made manifest within us and my mother was probably the most giving and servant minded, one of the most servant minded people that I've ever known uh, and so I, I was very blessed to have her for a mom but in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14 it says knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. And that's basically the thought this morning as we uh, consider what it means to long for life. Uh, I long to be with my mother one day. I know that I will be with my mother one day because of what God has done through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's been resurrected from the grave and has conquered death. I think as we go to communion of our Lord Jesus, when he, he weathered the cross, he endured the cross for our sakes, he was willing to uh, look beyond all of these things and, and endure uh, the cross in regard to uh, his great love for you. And I hope that you personalize that because it's easy for us to think, oh yeah, Jesus died for the whole world. No, but, but Jesus uh, and God the Father had you in mind. Uh, the ex- expression of His love for you is a, a great and tremendous expression of love. So I want to say Happy Mother's Day to you mothers uh, today. Uh, we celebrate and 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 give thanks to God for His wisdom in creating the family, His wisdom and uh, the the necessity, the need for a mom and how he uh, basically um, uh, equipped moms to express his grace in a very particular and special way. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter, and I actually want to read from verse 16 of chapter 4, if we could, going into those verses uh, therefore, and, and notice in verse 14, that's the verse that I just read to you, because it's speaking about the resurrection here, uh, but it's speaking about our life in regard to the resurrection. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but through our outer though but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us An eternal weight of glory, I love that. An eternal weight of glory, momentary light affliction with the coronavirus, with uh, health issues, with other things that are trials or tests that are momentary affliction on this side of glory. It's producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. And I think it's good for us to consider that beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now in chapter 5, the Apostle Paul begins to speak and address this idea of an earthly tent. Look at verse 1 of chapter 5. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down. Now, that's speaking of the human body. The Apostle Paul and the Lord Jesus often use these kind of figures of speech to address certain things and principles of Scripture. But our our body, our tent, is a, an earthly tent, as spoken of here, It's which is our house is torn down if that takes place, we have a building from God. He's speaking of the resurrection here. A house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. For indeed, in this house we groan, longing for to be be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Inasmuch as we, having put it on, shall not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed but to be clothed in order that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life now he who prepared us for this very purpose is god who gave us gave to us the spirit as a pledge therefore being always of good courage and knowing that while We are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. My mother's at home with the Lord. She is in indescribable glory at this moment, and that's a great comfort to me. And for those of you whose moms have gone on and passed on, I pray that you have such a comfort as well. Uh, but we long to and should long as God's people for that resurrection to life, for this mortality that struggles in this life to put on immortality and know the fullness of what Christ has done for us. We long for that day. And I was, as Lori and I were walking uh, the other week, we were walking on the street and uh, there uh, at, in our neighborhood. And as we were walking by, there was a caterpillar. And this caterpillar, this caterpillar was, I mean, this was a big old fat ugly one. He was an ugly thing. And I I noticed, you know, most caterpillars, they kind of roll along, you know, how they kind of inch along like an inchworm or something. But this particular caterpillar, he kind of went like this and this, and he didn't have any hair on him, any you know, hair like many caterpillars do. Um, but the thought was, uh, I want to be a butterfly. <laughs> you know, I want to be a butterfly. Uh, and the butterfly, the, actually the caterpillar met- metamorphosis. So I was looking at this ugly thing and thinking, I wonder what God has in store for his metamorphosis. What is God, the, our creator? What it, marvelous thing did he do in creating these things and, and what communication would he speak to us uh, today uh, in regard to his creation and in regard to the resurrection and in regard to how he longs to metamorphose you into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. The scripture says that he has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son, predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. That's awesome. And it should be something that compels us to, uh, to move toward holiness, toward the nature of Christ, uh, toward what God's ultimate plan is, although we may be this fat ugly caterpillar that's watering around and barely getting along uh, and traveling across the hot asphalt street with danger of car tires and such things in this world, but God's plan is to metamorphose you, and he has a house for you, a house for this old earthly tent, this clay pot, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ has come to be within us. So Romans 12.2 has this to say, and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We want to prove the good and acceptable perfect will of God. Well, how do we do that? By metamorphosing through the word, the transformation of God's word. As it comes into our heart, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's a transforming uh, process that takes place in the inner person that God desires. He desires to transform you. He desires to work this beautiful power of metamorphosis in the lives of His people. And that word, uh, metamorpho, is translated here for be transformed. Be, be metamorphosized. Uh, into God's grace, into His predestined plan for you. That's God's calling for you. And what I want to say this morning is long for it. Long for what we should long for in life. We need to put aside the things that distract us in this world for the greater glory that God has for us and has for you in Christ Jesus. So... As the caterpillar longs to be a butterfly, long for earth, long for life, long for this this earthly body to put on life immortal in Jesus Christ. And we may taste of that through the grace that has been given us through Christ Jesus in the, the power of sanctification We're always going to struggle in this body. And you know the process that God speaks of and takes us through is that life comes out of death. In other words, dying to self means that the life of God is manifest in us. That's what chapter 4 teaches. If we go back and look at the context of these passage and this instruction on this old house and that heavenly glory that God has planned for you, to metamorphosize your life. So 2 Corinthians 3.18 has this to say, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord in the Spirit. So what happens here is that the Spirit of God works in my heart and in your heart in such a way that when we look at the character of, And the person of our Lord Jesus Christ, we're being transformed from glory to glory. That's the the, the process of sanctification. That's what God wants to do in our lives, to bring Jesus Christ, His character, the inner person of God, because as a created being, you were created in the image of God. And sin interrupted those things. But Jesus Christ has dealt with that sin in order that we might be brought back into that relationship in order that the image of God might be seen through your very person. Think about it. Think of the glory of it. Think about longing for it and what it means and what God would have us to do in longing to know that by looking to the Lord Jesus Christ... By looking to the glory of His person, there's a transforming process. What does that tell us? That tells me, and it would tell you, that we need that relationship with the Lord Jesus that He's given to us because He went to the cross and He removed the barrier of our sin and death that we might know Him personally. A personal knowledge and relationship with Jesus Christ... Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His glorious face and the things of earth will be strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Transformation, metamorphosis. The Spirit of Jesus Christ turning us from our miserable state as a little worm to the glory of of that which was intended to be created in the image of God. It can only take place. This inner transformation can only take place through the Lord Jesus Christ. Only through Him. So I ask you this question this morning. Do I long for God's metamorphosis in my life? Is your greatest pursuit holiness? What God has called you to and what God has intended for you in Christ Jesus? I pray that it is. I pray that it's true. I pray that I may release those things in this world that tie me and tie my affections to them in such a way that I ignore this greater principle and truth. Do I long for God to and for his metamorphosis to take place in my life? Do I want to see Jesus manifested in and through me? Is that my goal? Is that the the, the top priority? Uh, whatever God calls you to, by way of work, by way of school, by way of of, of whatever your role and or your roles in life are, the top priority should be God's metamorphosis in my life of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of Christ reigning through every compartment of my life, every area of my life to His glory. That's where it's at. That's where the eternal life that Jesus Christ gave to us in His work on the cross of Calvary and His resurrection from the dead, the Scripture tells us that that same Spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead quickens our mortal bodies. It quickens our mortal bodies. It enables us from the inside by God's Spirit and His work within us giving love, joy, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, uh, uh, gentleness, such things as uh, from God's Word, self-control, those things, not grabbing for self and going through life grabbing for self, but self-control. Do I long for metamorphosis in my life? Listen to this quote from Jimmy L.A. I'm sure that many of you are familiar with it. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Isn't that true? Is that not true according to God's word? And is that, that uh, true? This man laid down his life uh, to gain what he could not lose. He believed it. And that's what belief is all about. That's what trusting in God, it's what it means to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't know how dark Things may be for you during this time. It's kind of a dark time in our country. And and maybe some of you are carrying a heavy weight and load of worry. Uh, But has it distracted us from the pursuit and and the knowledge and the wisdom of what God has done for us through Christ Jesus? I pray not. I pray not for myself and for Lori. And I pray that our home has that focus and I pray that your homes have that focus that God is doing great and awesome things and it's reason for us to be joyful in all times. It's reason for us as the scripture says to rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in all things give thanks regardless of how we're waddling along. I mean you may be rolling along with the rest of the caterpillars or you may be waddling like this fat thing was but The thing is that there's joy for the believer because we know that we're victors in Jesus Christ. So our body is a tent on the earth, uh, an eternal house in the heavens. That's what the Word says. That's what the Scripture teaches. There's an eternal home, an eternal house, a resurrection body, just like uh, the one that our Lord Jesus Christ had, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. Isn't that glorious? I mean, I've longed for this morning where there would be a few more faces in the house because I, I enjoy the fellowship that Grace Bible Church has. I mean, I long for it. It's, uh, it's difficult for our, our body to be split up and separated and, and at home watching and not being here with us uh there's there's something about the fellowship that God grants to the believer that when he can fellowship and have community or have an assembly and praise God together and and look at one another in the face and and uh, and pray for one another and love one another by the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ there's there's something there that is it's it's uh, of the kingdom of God it's a wonderful thing that we are given as believers that we may fellowship with one another and with our Lord Jesus Christ and with the Father. And we come here to sing praises to Him and give thanks to God. And, and we do that at home as well on, through Cyberplace. But there's nothing like being together in the church body and being with believers and having that, that relationship that God intends for us to have. You see, because... Eternal life is knowing thee, the one true God and Jesus Christ who now is sent, and loving our neighbor as ourself, loving the church body, and fellowshipping with one another. Second Corinthians 5 1 says, For we know that if this earthly tent, that's our clay body here, which has become the temple of the Holy Spirit, but it's a house, if this thing is torn down, in other words, you can't kill me and it matter. <coughs> excuse me, because of what God has done. We have, if this should happen, we have a building made from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. An eternal house in the heavens that God has given us through Christ Jesus, a resurrection body. So, endeavor to make yourself aware of the value of your heavenly home. What it means is if you die, that you have something that can't die. If you gain that which you cannot lose, you it's okay to lose that which you cannot keep. Right? Doesn't that make sense? That's what God's Word says to us. May we think on these things because I feel that I don't think enough about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and about what it means in regard to this old tent and that heavenly house that God has given to me. It changes everything. It changes our perspective on life. It changes how we act in life. It changes how we speak in life. It changes our desire to brag upon Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary for everyone that's walking out on the street spiritually dead and lost as can be. And it causes us to desire to redeem the time for the days are evil and to know that there's coronavirus out there, there's death out there, and there's separation from God out there apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ and the work that He did freely offered up by our Lord Jesus. So we groan in our present condition we groan in our present condition. Now, I want to ask the question: Are you a holy groaner? Okay. Uh, this This particular word here is uh, uh, I won't pronounce it for you, but uh, but it, it means: uh, Do we groan? Now, now when in the Old Testament, when they were were grumbling, there's a difference between groaning and grumbling. And our Lord Jesus, in His Spirit, He groaned at times. It wasn't unbelief like it was in the Old Testament where they were grumbling and murmuring against God and and murmuring in unbelief. But groaning in our present condition means that we have that longing uh, for the uh, distant plan and uh, for the purposes that our our Lord God has for us and for the wonders and the glory of the plan He has for you in Christ Jesus. Think about it. God desires to to glorify you through Christ Jesus. He has called you to represent him as ambassadors for Jesus Christ, as ministers of reconciliation. And he he desires to glorify you through Jesus Christ. And and this glory, uh, uh, you know, I go go back to our passage there in Ephesians uh, that, uh, where it says, Now to Him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, glory in you as God's people, glory. The glory of Jesus Christ, the glory of eternal life, the glory of the life that only God could give to us—glory of these of such uh, things—it's worthy of not only our, our thought and attention to think about it, but to but to seek it and to to search it out and to pray that God would give us this heart. And give us this inner desire. And give us this affection for Him that we should have. And give us this attention that we should have in regard to what He is planned for. So we groan in these mortal bodies because our flesh wars against the Spirit. Our flesh is in rebellion against God. Our flesh never wants to do what God wants us to do. It's always in opposition against this Spirit, this new life that Jesus Christ put into us when we were born again when He redeemed us, when we became uh, 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 regenerate, born again people, a new desire was put in our heart and it longs, it groans for this new body, for this body of sin and death, for mortality to be put away that the immortality may take place within us in accordance with God's plan. There should be a groaning in the heart of the believer. A groaning because the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. But one day, one day, we will be with the Lord Jesus and this mortality through the power of the resurrection will put on immortality. Isn't that awesome? That's where our thoughts need to be. That's that's what we we need to realize when we're, we're sharing the gospel with someone that we love and care about. That is, is lost and, and without this life that God desires to infuse in us, to metamorphosize in the people of God. This is God's plan. So 2 Corinthians 5:2 says, For indeed in this house we groan. We groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Do you groan? Before the Lord this morning. 2 Corinthians five four says indeed. And this this term is repeated. For indeed while we were in this tent. We groan. Being burdened. Because we do not want to be unclothed. But to be clothed. So that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. So while we're here. And while we have this journey here. And while you're being tested. And while there may be dark times in your life. We groan. Through these dark times, but we know that we will be clothed in the glory of Christ. And what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. And there's a process called sanctification where God works these things exceeding exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. But we need to ask. We need to ask high up here, not down here. Because if we ask down here he'll do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think, but if we ask up here, he'll do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, so we ask and think and we groan for that immortality to swallow up the mortality that we travel around in in this old tent romans eight twenty three says and not only this, but we ourselves having first fruits of the spirit even. We ourselves groan within ourselves. The Apostle Paul's groaning. We groan, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. We wait for that resurrection, immortality, putting on mortality, putting on immortality, being clothed in that tent. That's what the Lord Jesus has done for us. And we're celebrating this morning communion. Remembering that we, his life was given for us, his body, his blood was shed on our behalf, that the cost and the penalty of our sin would be justly paid before our Heavenly Father, before God Almighty, that we as sinful people might be in God's presence because of one thing the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. Don't you want to think and meditate? And glory in what God has said about you. What God has said in His integrity and in His name that He has done for us in Christ Jesus. Do I groan in my present condition? That's a question I'm asking you. Personal question. Search your heart. Are you groaning? Are you longing? Are you groaning for those things uh, as, you, as your flesh wars against the Spirit, as God brings certain trials in your life. And what does God do those things for? He brings those trials so that He might quicken you and that He might show and reveal to you where your flesh is at. So what does He want you to do? Does He want you to fix your flesh? He doesn't want you to fix your flesh. He wants you to put the flesh to death by faith in order that the life of Christ is manifested in you. But first He has to show you the ugliness of your sin and what's truly in your heart and in your life. And the Scripture says it's all death in the body. It's all death in the flesh. It's death. And it can't be fixed. Only Jesus on the cross of Calvary, dying for that sin, could pay the penalty for it. And only by the giving of His Holy Spirit can we know power over that fleshly nature. And only by the power of Christ's resurrection and what He alone Himself will do can we know victory over this earthly tent. So we groan in this earthly body to know the life that Jesus has given Scripture says, our Lord Jesus said, He that beholds the Son and believes in Him has eternal life. And I myself will raise Him up on the last day. Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe that Jesus is able to do what He said He will do? I pray that you do. I pray that you're longing for that which is deeply inside of you, which God put in every person, a longing. It's why you look for so many things and can't find so much. And what you do find doesn't satisfy you and it doesn't fill you up. That's the nature of it. Because you weren't supposed to be filled up and you're not supposed to fill your life with those things. You're supposed to fill your life with the glory of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do I groan in my present condition? Another point, we long for our mortality to be swallowed up by life. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 and 2, For indeed in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. We groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling for heaven. If you find that dead spiritual deadness within you, and that life is not satisfying, and what's wrong with me? I'm supposed to be a believer, and, and something's wrong with my spiritual life, and, and, and it's so true of us that in our flesh, we, we try to fill it up with things in this life, with temporal things, which cannot satisfy, cannot fill us. Philippians three twenty and 21 says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait. For our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory. The resurrection body. The body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. That's what Jesus Christ has done for us. That's what we celebrate at communion. He gave His life that we might have life. He gave His blood and shed His blood that our sins could be washed away. That the wages of our sin, which is death, might be taken away, that the gift of God, which is life, might be given to you. And it's believing, putting your trust in what Jesus said He will do that saves us not coming to church. You can worship at home. You can worship at home. But one thing is most assured and most certain. You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. For God made one way to Him. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. It's the truth. And no one in the Christian life lives by the power of God except through Jesus Christ. Being buried by faith in His death. Being raised up by faith in the power of His resurrection. Because that same power that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead quickens our mortal bodies. That power, that Spirit, that glory of Christ is to be manifested in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. These things we have. Will you ask for God's Spirit to make you long for life? I realize that we can sit in the pew this morning or I can stand in the pulpit and we can walk away with nothing. Or by God's Spirit, we can say, God, give to me. Give to me that desire that you have for me to have, that God desires for us to have. Give to me the longing for that heavenly home, for the power of God's resurrection, for the glory of God's grace. Because only by His hand, it's only by grace through faith that we'll know the sanctification principles as we've known the salvation principles Will you ask for God's Spirit to make you long for life? Elizabeth Elliot had a, an interesting quote to say. By trying to grab fulfillment everywhere, we find it nowhere. Isn't that right? We In this in our journey through this life, we try to for, find security, and we try to grab for fulfillment in every wrong place. All the wrong places. We're searching for love in all the wrong places. You know the, the tune in brings of to mind the tune in your mind, doesn't it? But that's who we are. That's humanity. That's the lost state of humanity. It's our flesh. It's what our flesh will do. But we grab for fulfillment and we find it nowhere. Final point, we're given His Spirit as a pledge. It's so important for us to know that the Spirit of God, we do not want to quince the Spirit of God. Uh, the scripture says that we're to be not drunk with wine, but be to filled with his spirit. What does that mean? It means that by faith, God, fill me with your spirit. I asked, prayed that prayer this morning, coming here. God, would you fill me with your spirit? Because if I go to church as your pastor, and I'm doing things in the energy and strength of my flesh, and the wisdom of my own mind, uh, then... Mm, You know, but if my mind is in conformity with God and by faith His Spirit has filled me, uh, then He's working in and through me. His Spirit has come and has been given to us to work in and through us in such a way to communicate the mind of Christ. We're the body of Christ. We're to communicate the mind of Christ. You're the body, He's the mind. He's working through you. Through many ways God works through us and through His people. But it's because His Spirit has been given to us as a pledge. But notice it's a pledge. A pledge of what? A pledge of a heavenly home. A pledge of a salvation. A grace that God... A a gracious gift that God has given of life to you and to me with Him eternally in God's presence for what we were created for. There's nothing greater than this. Nothing better than this. First Corinthians five five says, Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God. It's his calling to you. It's his purpose for your life. He gave to us the Spirit as a pledge. In Romans 8.23, And not only this, but we also ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan. Did you know that people that are filled with God's Spirit groan within themselves, waiting eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our body? Will you? God gives us a command to be filled with His Spirit. Will you do that? You say, well, how do I do that? I feel funky in my spiritual Christian life. I'm not getting anywhere in my Christian life. Everything's wrong in my life. How do you get filled with the Spirit? And how is it that God can command us to be filled with His Spirit and not do it? Well, it has to be a failure on our part. So what do we do? We say, God, fill me with Your Spirit. God, by faith, I believe in Jesus Christ that you've intended for me to be filled with your Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, self-control, again, the list of of the fruits of the Spirit. It should be in our lives because Christ is there, because His Spirit is there. And you can do it because by faith in God's grace, God will do in and through us what we could not do for ourselves.